Law enforcement suicides are at an all-time high right now. One of the causes is poor leadership within the law enforcement profession. Nick, the host of the Roll Call Room podcast, has written a book, Police Mental Barricade, A Survivor's Guide to Poor Law Enforcement Leadership. This book is a raw and powerful look into suicide and how poor leadership decisions contribute to law enforcement suicides. Buy the book now at mentalhealthbarricade.com and stop the stigma. The issues discussed on the Roll Call Room podcast do not reflect the opinions of any specific agency and are the views of the host or guest only. Any persons discussed may be fictional for comedic purposes. This podcast is rated explicit and listener discretion is advised. Tell me, who is your daddy and what does he do? Get it? Okay, we start right here. You. My dad repairs red cars driven by women who are pinheads. My dad doesn't do anything since the crash. My dad gives money to people that doesn't have money. And then people use that money and then they give other money back and they give the same amount of money back to my dad. My dad doesn't live with us anymore. He lives in New York and drives a taxi. My mom hopes he's gonna die real soon. My dad watches TV all day long. My dad works on computers and he's um, the boss of his company. And um, he has a mustache and a beard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't have that much hair. And he, his head is so big that he can't wear any hats. My dad's divorced. My mom's divorced. My dad um, is a psychologist, and he helps people that are hurt or lost their feelings, and um, that's it. Our mom says that our dad is a real sex machine. Good. I don't know what my dad does. I haven't seen him in a long time. He lives in France. My dad is a gynecologist and he looks at vaginas all day long. And welcome to the Roll Call Room podcast that pissed off shitbag Steve Commanders and cost my daddy his job and then pissed them off yet again with his number one book, Mental Health Barricade, on Amazon. And now your host, my Uncle Mike and best-selling author, my daddy. Fuck you, Commanders. Up your ass.
Welcome, folks, to a very special episode of the Roll Call Room. I am your host, Nick, and Mike is quarantined because of the coronavirus. So in studio, I'm super, super excited. I've gotten a lot of emails about uh, my family and Mike's family. So what's a better way than to release an episode, a filler episode, with my two children? So in the studio is my oldest, Haley. Hi. And my youngest, Emily. Hi. And they have agreed to come into the studio because we get a lot of questions about uh, children or, or kids of law enforcement. So uh, my one daughter is uh, 17. She's about to be 18. And my other daughter is 14, about to be 15. So you can get some great feedback from them. Um, and they don't have diapers on, so we don't have to worry about them crying and um, having to run out of here. So uh, this whole episode will be geared towards that, which will be, you know, kids and uh, dealing with their parents and law enforcement or first responders. So, uh, guys, welcome to the studio. Thank Thanks. you. Are you excited? Yes. I'm really happy to be here. Big fans of the show. Yes. <laughs> Are you? Of course. Okay. Um, so, um, I jotted down a whole bunch of questions for you and we are going to play the question game later on, but not in the fashion that our fans are used to, uh, cause this will be a little bit of a G year rated podcast show. And I'm sure I'll curse here and there because that's what we do. And then we'll see how many times my two children will curse. So this will be interesting. Uh, folks out there, um, before we get started, I know a lot of you guys um, dealing with the coronavirus, a uh, lot, a lot of stuff going on with that, a lot of misinformation, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of departments not really taking it very seriously or not giving the equipment that needs to be uh, dispersed to law enforcement agencies. Uh, it's very upsetting. It's very sad. Um you know, it's definitely something that needs to be taken very seriously. So make sure you're taking care of yourself. Uh, make sure that if your department's not supplying you with gloves or, you know, sanitizing wipes or antibacterial wipes or whatever, uh, make sure you're trying to secure that stuff. And, you know, make sure you're cleaning your cruisers, especially those of you like myself, where you share a cruiser, make sure that you're sterilizing your microphone and your shift knob and your volume to your radio and the volume to your, um, you know, your, um, your radio where you listen to music, your door handles, huge door handles, uh, pretty much anything that you're going to touch in or out of your cruiser, make sure that you're sterilizing or sanitizing all of that stuff, limit your interactions, uh, with the public. I know it's more, you know, it's more difficult to say than to do or to do than say whatever. Um, you know, a lot of times now what I'm doing is, is if it's not an emergency call, like it's not a domestic or it's not something where I absolutely need to go in the person's house, I'll call them on the phone and say, hey, you need to meet me outside. I'm limiting my risk uh, and exposure. So just keep that stuff in mind. Uh, if you are out there doing traffic, these are one of those times, folks, with Corona that you can be a Steve. So you get a reprieve from Mike and I about being a Steve. It's okay to sit somewhere and wait uh, for a call for service. 
Um, you know, you don't know what you're going to be exposed to on a traffic stop. But if you do choose to do a traffic stop and you have the person sign a citation, that pen is theirs. It's a freebie. It's a giveaway. And if you're going to take it back from them, you better have rubber gloves on and you better sanitize the shit out of that pen when you're done. Because uh, that'll be the gift that keeps on giving. So that being said, um, we're going to get right into it with the girls. Girls, you ready? Yeah. Yeah. Are you excited? Yes. All right. You guys look excited. <laughs> All right. These are weird questions because I'm asking you questions about me. So I've never, ever asked these questions to my kids and I've never heard their response. So this would be fairly interesting. Um, but here we go. Um, earliest memory of me as a cop. Now, when I got started, Haley, you were... Three, three in a few months. Three maybe? in a few months, and Emmy, you were almost a year old. Yeah, you were very, very young. You were a little baby, yeah. and your favorite thing to do was to chew on the Police Academy DVD yes. when you were little. You crawl around on the floor and you would chew on that DVD, which I found really hysterical because you wouldn't you wouldn't do it to any other DVD <laughs> but that. So I got some cute pictures of that. It's really adorable. I'll try and post them, fo- uh, post a picture of it, folks, because it's actually adorable. So earliest memory of me as a cop, Haley? Oh, wow. This is a hard one. Yeah. Um, well, I obviously remember when you finished the academy. Mm-hmm. So I remember that. But I also remember you coming home every day in your uniform. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, that's about it. Do you remember, like, do you remember back then even knowing what exactly I was doing? No, not at all. Because I feel like you guys try to keep us away from that mm-hmm. only to protect us in a way mm-hmm. and just to make us not worry about what you were going through. Right. I worked nights. Yeah. So we never really saw you. And mom had to take off a lot, obviously. Yeah. So, so um, Emmy, do you? remember anything not really you were too small yeah yeah so Haley, when you were that young um do you remember like obviously you remember me working nights Mm -hmm. do you remember like me not being around a lot in the daytime yeah um usually you weren't there for school like when i started school Mm -hmm. it was like the same thing um you had to work a lot and um you missed a lot of our birthdays and you missed a lot of Christmases and like holidays and stuff. That bother you? Not anymore. Did it? It did. Yeah, it did, but it, not anymore because I'm understanding now. Yeah. Yeah. So you remember that even back yeah. then? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, do you remember the first time that I got hurt on the job? Yes. Um, I don't remember the one in 2009 only because mom didn't want to scare us but i remember the one in 2011 when you got in your cruiser accident Mm -hmm. and um you were almost paralyzed so that really scared me it made me really upset how did you find help um mommy uh called me uh through grandma she called grandma grandma put me on the phone she told me and then i started just crying Mm -hmm. because i didn't know if you were going to be okay yeah and she said you were in the hospital so Really scared me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Emmy? No. You don't remember? <laughs> no. She's I was so too tiny. Young. Yeah, she's so small. Uh, 
But um, do you remember when I came home from the hospital? Yeah. Um, I remember the day you came home, actually. Um, we were living in this house or whatever, and I came upstairs because Grandma had dropped us off, and you were just out of it. You were just not – It, yeah, it was bad. Yeah. What were you thinking? I was just like, wow, this accident really messed him up. Yeah. It's crazy. Did you want me to quit? No. Oh, okay. Never Why want not? you to quit. Because you're not going to give up just because of one – like incident mm. that's not you yeah. you don't give up because of one conflict mm. so um when did you start worrying about me like going to work um for me it was after the ferguson mm-hmm. uh what, when ferguson happened um why because um just a lot of police officers were getting lots of hate and stuff for police brutality and all that yeah and um Cops were getting killed and stuff like that around that time, too. Mm-hmm. So that just really scared me. Yeah. Yeah. Did you experience a lot of that in school? Yes. Um, I received a lot of hate growing up in school because my dad was a cop. So mm-hmm. um, it was bad. I mean, I even reported it to like school counseling and stuff like that, and they wouldn't do anything about it. And it's just it's ridiculous how people can't accept your parents for who they are. Yeah. What were they doing? The kids? Yeah. They would just say that police are terrible people and they would just torture me and torment me over your job. How about how about teachers? Uh, The teachers and um, one in middle school, um, she said that uh, cops are always wrong and stuff like that. She said cops are bad people. And then one of my teachers in my freshman year of high school who was my his old history teacher on his Facebook page? He was anti-cop, and he failed me in my classes because my father was a cop. He knew my dad was a cop because I tell everyone my dad's a cop mm-hmm. because I'm proud of that. Uh, why should I be ashamed that my dad is doing great for this country? Well, mm-hmm. why should I be ashamed of that? And um, yeah, he he failed me, and then I got removed from the class because he. How'd that me. happen, to Haley? Because of you. And what? mom. What happened? So he failed me and I think there was a report that yeah. was supposed to be written, right? <laughs> yeah. What happened? Yeah. I don't even remember. Didn't um he get fired? He got fired eventually, but there was a report on uh kneeling in the NFL. Remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. And who did the report? You did. Mm-hmm. And why did I do the report? Because it's because I wanted to catch yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. And he failed. He failed that report. Mm-hmm. He gave it a D. Yeah. And it was nothing wrong with it. Exactly. And that's how we figured it out. Yeah. That's right. And then I went up to school. And you argued with them. And then they removed me eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a bad, 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 bad time. And he never answered his emails either. No. And teachers have to answer their emails. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, folks out there, I mean, this is something that you need to really closely watch and, and really... You know, I get with my kids now when I tell them don't, uh, you know, don't don't tell their teachers or don't tell anybody that that their parents are in law enforcement, because this is the kind of stuff that's that's really happening quite frequently. So you need to you need to think about that with your kids. Um, you know, it's a sad time that we're living in right now. What about you, Em? What's the question? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like having Mike in the studio. Uh 
um you good <laughs> you threw me up uh when did uh did you have any issues at school um because i was a cop um yes what <laughs> just kids at school if i would tell them they they were just really mean to me yeah yeah would they say bad things yeah about cops or cops yes yeah um did you say anything back to them? Sometimes. Did you beat their ass? No, unfortunately. Couldn't beat their ass. We we would support you. Really? No. Dang it. I have to say that. We have a lot of listeners. I can't condone violence. Um, so there came a time when you guys were old enough where I would take you with me to work, especially yes. when I was uh, in the community policing unit. I was the sergeant in the community policing unit. Oh, and that was right around the same time, I think, as Ferguson. Right, guys? Like yeah. Ferguson? Yeah. Was. Uh, what did you think when you went to work with me? Uh, the first time I went to work with you, I remember the exact date. It was uh, <laughs> the day after Christmas, so December 26th. Mm -hmm. I want to say I was just after I turned 13, mm -hmm. because you have to be 13 to go on a ride along. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And um, I remember that day so clearly. Um, it was it was pretty nice out for december um you got into it with some dude who parked um in a no parking place yeah and you gave gave him a ticket and he argued with you it was it was hilarious hilarious yeah, yeah you were writing tickets all day it was funny that's rare for me i know yeah yeah well, what about the community policing stuff uh cops for christmas fun yeah. oh it was fun. so much fun um i loved giving um, to the kids who are unfortunate and just helping them and Friendsgiving yeah. was fun as well. Fun. Explain uh, to the, to the fans what Friendsgiving is. Basically Friendsgiving is for, isn't it inner city? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the inner city kids and families and, um, as well as cops, um, all first responders, all first responders. Yeah. Uh, get together in, um, a rec center and they, cook food and then serve us food and there's usually a prayer we usually have some music playing it's pretty fun yeah yeah what we would do is we would um we would invite city officials half of them wouldn't show up <laughs> uh we would invite all first responders uh and we'd invite folks from um the inner city uh affordable housing and we would set up one long table one long table and serve around 100 to 150 people, and uh, no two people could sit next to each other. So no two cops could sit next to each other, no two firemen. It had to be a citizen, police officer, city official, and it was a way to get everybody to mingle together, which was pretty cool. And we usually helped with decorations stuff. The decorations yep. were beautiful every yes. year. They changed every year. Yeah, yeah. We did DJing and... Mm -hmm photo booth and stuff like that so it was, it was always fun yeah it was a lot of fun how about you em what? uh first time you went to work uh i don't remember you're full of uh, a lot of information <laughs> um so now we're gonna get into some some deep stuff so the last year for me um kind of an up and down with my career with work where i'm working um, 
what I'll ask Haley first, because you've been a ball of thunder. Um, uh, what you saw the past year with the change from what did you see like from the change with me from sergeant back down to officer? Well, at first it was really hard for you. It was I, I could see that you were upset about it and stressed. And then as time went on, you started to gain more hope. And I feel like you're respected more now than you were as a sergeant. I feel like you were taken for granted as a sergeant and people didn't appreciate you as much. And you did a lot for the community and you just didn't get the respect you deserved. And I feel like you are way more respected now and you're doing less, Mm. which is good. And you're less stressed, which is good in a Mm. way. And I feel like less is always more. Mm -hmm. Less is always more. Hmm. That's a very, very good observation there. So I feel like um, you're happier now. That's all that matters. You're not as stressed as you were when you were sergeant. Mm. True. And yeah, I just feel like it's better for you right now. Good. Emmy? Haley said everything. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to put your own opinion in? Am I home more? I don't know. (laughs) Debatable. Debatable. Depends. Yeah. Debatable. Yeah, the hours are better. Yeah, okay. definitely. The hours are better. I'm not on the phone as much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, w- I want to touch on something that you said, like, you said I wasn't appreciated as much. What do you mean by that? I mean, like, when you were a sergeant, people were just ungrateful for the stuff you did. Hmm. Very ungrateful. You went in above and beyond. And I'm not trying to call anybody out, but they were really ungrateful. Mm. And they did not appreciate you the way you should have been appreciated. And I feel like you're just appreciated more now. Mm-hmm. And it's it's sad. It truly is. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be like that. But. Does it upset you because of the amount of time that was put into that place? And lost time with you guys? Yes. Yeah, that, that really hurts because... You were happy, but at the same time, you were stressed and you were sad for a really long time. And that just really put me down personally because I had to watch you struggle every day. Mm-hmm. So that that took a toll on Emily and I. Mm-hmm. That It was. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I didn't know you felt that way. Yeah, it, it, it hurt a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Were you happy when I left? Not at all. Not at all. Why? Because you felt I left for the wrong reason? Yes. Um, I was happy for you, but I was sad because that's I grew up knowing you were a police officer. Yes. I was proud of that. Mm-hmm. And I accept you for what you wanted wanted to do at the time, but we knew that it was just the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were you happy when I was trying to go back? Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. I was really happy because that meant that you were going to be happy. What did you think about the time it took to come back? That was ridiculous. That was way too long. I feel like that was just ridiculous. Hmm. It took way too long for you to come back. What was it? Two. Two months. Two months. That's yeah. ridiculous. Should have taken two to three weeks. Yeah. 
one month at most. That it was a month too long. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Because that was a hard time for all of us. We struggled a lot. So. A lot. Because you didn't have income. So. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. But we always seem to find a way through it. Oh, yeah. We always get by. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Corona. Yes. Uh-oh. Not the beer. <laughs> I love Corona. So you guys are out of school for a month, a month. A month right? Exactly a month. Exactly yep. a month, right? Yeah, March 14th to April 14th. Yep. Um, you guys excited about that? Yes. Yes and no. Emily's shaking her head. (laughs) Why, Haley? Well, there are a lot of problems because I'm a junior in high school and I'm getting my first prom this year and my boyfriend's graduating at the end of the year and he may not get a graduation and I really, really wanted to see him graduate because all my friends are seniors and I want to see them graduate. Do you want to give a shout out to your boyfriend? All right, guys, I'm going to give a shout out to my boyfriend, Caleb. Anyways... Wow. Anyways, so Caleb's graduating Jesus this year, Christ. and so are my friends. My best friend Kaylee's Let graduating me ask you this something. year. What? You're 17. You're about to be 18. Yeah. How difficult is it for you to date when your dad's a cop? That's a trick question because I know how you are. You're very judgmental, and right. you're very strict. Yeah. Well, not really. I mean, you guys give me some freedom. Some. Some freedom. I mean, I don't. Yeah, but you're you always, whenever you bring, uh, always like you don't bring like a fucking million guys home. But when you bring <laughs> a guy over, over, then you always bitch to me. You're always like, you're mean to him. Because you, you just are. stare at him and you give you him are. cop face and. You are. You're do they complain to. about it? No. Do they? No, they don't. Haley, Alyssa. Caleb thinks that you hate him. <laughs> Why? <laughs> You're scary. <laughs> I'm very nice to that kid. He's a good kid. You better be nice to him. You better shut your... <laughs> <laughs> so, is, have you ever... Have you ever, like, talked to a boy and then told him your dad's a cop and then they're like, they don't want to talk to you no more? Yeah, all the time. Really? Yeah. I um, didn't know that. How many guys do you talk to? Um, a, a lot. <laughs> Mommy and I have punished her many times oh. for her social media. I was too young. Anyways, I actually dated a guy who did not support the police, and that didn't last long. Oh. Yeah. Who was that? Kyle. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't support the police. Hey, he worked at Starbucks. <laughs> All right. We'll have to edit that out. Um, so, any others? Some dudes I've talked to in the past, but they're not important in my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, you're you not going to support my family for who they are, then I'm not going to remember you or care about you. Mm-hmm. You're irrelevant. Would you date a cop? Yeah. Better not. Excuse me? No. Wow. I would date someone in the military. <sighs> would you date a fireman? No. Why? Because they like chicken cutlets and they, go, they, <laughs> they use their lights and sirens to get chicken cutlets. And they sleep a lot, right? Yeah, they sleep all the time. That's like, right, get folks. Up. I fucking trained her, right? <laughs> yeah. Just use some coffee, right? Yeah. Bull. They're good at making calendars and sleeping. Yeah, they are. Um, and getting cats down from trees. So, Corona. Let's go to Corona. Okay, let's get back to that. Minute. All right. 
Um, what do you thinking about? Um, what do you think about the cops working in these conditions with Corona? It's dangerous because. Are you scared? I'm going to get it. Yeah, yes. because. Yeah. Yeah. The scares that my uncle has, because he works directly with. Yeah. So, um, it's just scary, you know, because you can get it from people. Are you scared I'm going to get it? I mean, you're very cautious, though. I mean, you could. What are you scared of is like, like that they're not having enough precautions for us out there. Yes. That we don't have the right equipment and stuff. Is that what you're worried about? Yes. Hmm. Yeah. I'm worried about that, too. Yeah. Um, you think they're going to quarantine us? Um, I feel like they should. Why? I mean, <sighs> you mean the police officers are just like quarantine? No, no, the whole general public. Yeah, <sighs> they should. Because if you think about it this way, if you're quarantining, I don't even think I said that right, but. Oh my God. If you're going to make the general public be isolated from going out anywhere mm-hmm. then but it's got to be everybody yeah because right now what's happening is they're telling everybody to stay home and they're not they're out there playing basketball yeah. and they're going shopping and that's not going to stop the virus from no spreading. it's it's spreading yeah because people are not staying home which is i think that the quarantine thing is good yeah well, because we'll see we'll see if it keeps on growing i think it'll die down i think that's what it will be the people or <laughs> i hope the people mm-hmm yeah, I'm just kidding. It's like Kobe. All right, don't talk about Kobe <laughs> like that. Um. So, uh, so you get you guys are are concerned about that. You concerned about us like oh, yeah. contracting it and stuff? Yeah. You know that we're, we're taking all the precautions that we can. Right? Yes, absolutely. Yes. I mean, okay. I don't doubt that. I mean, I take a sanitizer bath after every call. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much about it, but you know. We're being very, very careful. If that makes any sense. I trust you. I sure hope so. (laughs) All right. So we are going to take our first break. And then we are going to do the question game. You guys ready for that? Oh, God. Oh. You ready? Do you have yours? What? All right. Hey folks, I'm so excited about this brand new sponsor, Ferocious Beard Company. This company is fantastic. They have a lot of great assortments of beard wax, wash, and oils. They've got apparel, they've got soaps, they've got a whole bunch of different things. 
Go to ferociousbeer.com, use promo code ROLLCALLROOM, and you get 20% off. I absolutely love their products. I'm telling you, I've used a lot of different beer products. Mike and I have been searching for a beer company for a long time as a sponsor, and we finally found the best company out there, which is Ferocious Beard Company. And they're out of uh, Fort Worth, Texas, okay? Go on ferociousbeard.com, use promo code ROLLCALLROOM, and you get 20% off. Such a long time. I've been waiting, I've been waiting for a long time. Such a long time. I've been waiting, I've been waiting for a long time. Such a long time. Ooh. Oh, this shit bliss. I'm so rich. Love that song. <laughs> I mean, you and I saw him twice, right? Yes. Wow, twice. That, that last concert was pretty, pretty wild. Yeah. What do you think about him keep on keep on getting face tattoos? No, stop. <laughs> it's gotta stop. The sword blade one. Mike was really, really upset about that one. He didn't like that at all. Is he a posty fan? He likes him, but he just doesn't like that he keeps on like getting all the you know the swaley conversation that we yeah. had. Your phone is causing interruption. Okay. Yeah. Um so question game. All right. Okay. A little bit different. This is going to be the G-ish rating one. Uh, you'll ask me questions related to the job. Duh. Okay. So we're going to let Emmy go first. Okay. Do I go? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what is one of the biggest mistakes you've made at work? So early on in my career, uh, I think it was like year one, um, wasn't a big glove wearer. Meaning, you know, I never wear a lot of gloves when I searched people and very stupid. So at the time, way, way back, so almost 15 years ago, I had a Crown Vic and um, you check the back seat, the beginning of your shift to make sure that there was nothing in there. And then you check it at the end of your shift. So like an idiot, I took my hand and I reached in between the cushion of the, the seat and I pricked my finger. And I initially thought I pricked my finger with like, the seatbelt, like the metal part of the seatbelt. So the seat would come off. So I pulled the seat off, put the flashlight on there, and it was a hypodermic needle. Oh. And it was full of like liquid in oh. the needle. So I didn't know what was in the needle. And um, it was my own mistake, several different mistakes, because I had arrested somebody earlier and I didn't check the seat after I had them come out of the, the car. Like I just took the flashlight and I kind of flashlighted it in there, but I didn't move the seat. So what they did was they kind of stuffed it in the seat. It was the end of my shift. So I worked eight o'clock at night to eight o'clock in the morning. And this happened at like seven 30 in the morning. I had to like, I forced the blood out of the, the prick mark because I want, want to like get all the, whatever was in there. And I had to go all the way down and I had to go to my sergeant and I had to go, Hey, I just, pricked my finger with this needle and like I held it up in like an evidence bag and my sergeant it was God, he was so angry. He had to drive me to the emergency room. I had to get blood work done. I had to get put on this medicine and all this other stuff. And I had to get test tested for 
HIV. Like, <laughs> oh my god! Every six months, I had to get for for a year. Oh, wow. So it came back negative. Oh, I was gonna say, Go ahead, no hell, back. I don't have fucking AIDS. <laughs> Are you Freddie Mercury? Don't talk about Magic me. Johnson. Oh my god! Magic Johnson. Where do you get this sense of humor from? You, duh. Oh, I don't get it from Mike. So that was the biggest mistake in what I learned. And and then new officers out there, um, you know, you don't you don't have to get fancy. You don't have to buy these Kevlar gloves that are sixty, seventy dollars. You just have to get a pair of gloves. You know, be cautious. It definitely taught me a valuable lesson because now I'm very, very careful about where I reach and and when I'm searching somebody. I really, um, when I um, bunny ear their their pants. I really go real slow and make sure that there's nothing in there that's going to poke me or, or prick me because it only takes one time for you to, you know, poke your finger or poke a part of your body with a hypodermic needle. And that shit wakes you up, makes you realize real, real quick that you're, you're, uh, you're not indestructible. So one of the biggest mistakes is several that I've made that I've learned from that I have never repeated. That's definitely high up on the list. And when I feel trained, Newer officers always told that story. And what I would do, and Mike and I talked a little bit about it in the last episode, what I would do is I would grab like a little baggie, a little dime baggie, and I would fill it up with flour or oregano, and I would shove it in the back seat of the cruiser. I would get in early, like if I was field training somebody, and I would get in early and I would put it somewhere in the back seat of the car. And then the rookies are supposed to search the back of the car. So what you do is, is you wait, you wait and wait and wait. And then when they, when you get ready to leave to go on the street, if they haven't told you that they found a bag of weed, what they think is weed or they think is cocaine, then you need to have like a training session with them. You say, whoa, 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 whoa. Did you search the back of the car? And they're like, oh yeah, I searched it. I searched it. And you're like, bullshit. You searched it and you stop the car, you get out and then you grab where you hit it and you go, see this? And you're like, oh, they're like, oh shit. And. It teaches them a lesson. Yeah. Teaches them a lesson. So one of my biggest mistakes. Good question. Very, very good question. Uh, Haley, could you please? I'm sorry. That was an accident. It's okay. Somebody's driving on uh, an interstate and probably steered into a guardrail because it was that loud. (laughs) I'm sorry if you did. All right. One question is, what was the scariest call for service that you've ever had? Hmm. There's been several, but there's one that is always stuck in my head that I still, I still have nightmares about. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had gotten a call for service of a car accident on the interstate, and the interstate is run by um, state troopers. We don't handle that, but we happened to get there first because they were uh, they were tied up, and uh, it was a tow truck. And the tow truck was, I'll never forget this. The tow truck was towing a Dodge Durango, a blue Dodge Durango. And he didn't tie the Durango down correctly on the flatbed. And he fell asleep and slammed into an 18-wheeler. And when he slammed into the 18-wheeler, the Durango, which was unsecured, lunged forward, pressed him in the cab, and pinned him, his whole body, on the steering wheel. So he was trapped in there. And he was awake when I got there. And uh, it was me and, like, four other officers got there. 
And uh, I was the officer that went up to his driver's side and I was talking to him. And I was, you know, he was, he was calm. He was talking, he was like, I'm, you know, I'm in a lot of pain, blah, blah, blah. And the fire department hadn't gotten there yet. And, um, the officer, the other officer was trying to unchain the Durango and like try and put it into revert that it, it was stupid. He wasn't going to, but we tried, um, he was trying to get the Durango off the cab and then I smelt it. And then the other three officers smelled gasoline and um, then the gasoline was coming from the Durango and um, then the, the, the Durango caught fire. Oh no. Oh my God. And the tow truck driver could obviously smell the fire. And um, I was next to him and I'm grabbing his arm and I'm trying to pull him out. I'm trying to pull him out and he's, yeah, he's like, uh, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm like, you're not going to die. You're not going to die. Well, he burned to death. Oh my he God. burned alive. That's horrible. And uh, yeah, that was probably the worst. That's scary. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was terrible. But the only, the fire department was very, very good because they knew I was very, very upset about it. And this is, this is where poor leadership comes in. And I'm going to turn this into a training moment for leaders. So the fire department comes and they come to put out, out the fire. The guy's dead. He's, he's definitely dead. He burned alive. And, uh, the fireman that was there, older guy, I think he was the captain or battalion captain. And he came up and he knew I was upset. And he was like, he goes, listen to me. He goes, it would have taken us if that car wouldn't have caught fire. It would have taken us at least an hour to cut him out of that car. There was no way he was getting out of that car and there was no way you were going to pull him out of that car. There was no way. So you did everything that you could. And my sergeant showed up on scene and there were five of us standing around there and the fire was put out and the sergeant turned and was like, uh, what are you doing here? And I was like, I just got done handling this, this thing. He goes, well, it's handled now. Go back out on the street. Go, go to the next call. And, um, didn't care. Didn't ask me if I was okay. Didn't ask what I saw. And a part that still burns my, you know, grinds my gears is an officer who showed up after the fire was put out, got a valor award for that. What? Wow. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And the ones that were there during the whole thing got, got nothing. We got nothing for it. Not that we do it for anything. But it really ground my gears when we came into roll call and they presented that officer with a Valor Award. And he didn't have to see the guy burned to death. So uh, that's a lesson to be learned about leadership. One of the worst. That's horrible. I've had I've had several. I've had I've had several bad ones, but that's definitely up there because I'll always remember that one. That's depressing. It's all right. That's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah. Emmy. Yes. What do you got for me? Uh, how about worst car accident? Well, I'm going to give you another sad one. Yay. Uh, prom night. Oh, God. Jeez. Prom night. God. Always. It's the worst. Yeah. Prom night. Get a call. It's prom night. Got a call. A single car accident around a telephone pole. Yeah. Get up on scene. Me and another uh, officer. He doesn't work for us anymore. We get on scene. The car had wrapped around the telephone pole and go up to the car. And when I look inside, 
there's half of one person. Oh. And then there's another person that's uh, that's dead. The driver's dead. The passenger is holding the driver's hand and doesn't know that he's that he's dead. The the passenger is the one that's that's half amputated. The pole had cut him in half. And what was keeping him alive was the pole. So we knew the moment that the fire department came and they tried to extract him out of the car, uh, whatever pressure was holding everything in was going to kill him. And it turned out that both of them were were best friends. They died there together. And it was all, the driver was heavily intoxicated. Have, I could smell the alcohol coming out of the car before I even got to the car. So that's why I'm so... Like I told, I told you about prom. I've told you a million times. I don't care if you drank something. I don't care. We'll deal with being mad another time. You call me. Yeah. You call me. I don't want you to get in the car with anybody. Yeah. I've seen too many of those. That's just one of the worst, but I've seen so many fatality accidents with the DWIs. Yeah. This this is prom season right now. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen a lot. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. really sad. Yeah, and a lot of kids your age don't take it seriously, which no. is sad. So, what about you, Hale? What do you got for me? Um, the last anything one. goes. Uh, what made you Jeffrey wanna... Epstein did not kill himself? Yes, I know that. Okay. Uh, what made you want to become a cop? Shows like Chips, Cops. Mm-hmm. Big, huge Cops fan. Ever since I was way, way little, when I was a young little lad loved cops loved it i loved helping people i was uh never a popular kid in school so i was always kind of ostracized and i watched how people would get picked on and i always wanted to make sure that there was always an advocate for somebody that was like that uh it certainly wasn't for the money yeah certainly wasn't for the money uh but i uh, you know me and your uncle would always play cops and robbers uh, I was always the cop. He was always the robber because uh, he couldn't run fast. Right? <laughs> um, but I always wanted as as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a cop. Do I want any of you to do that? Absolutely no. not. I think with this current climate, I'm I'm very, very concerned what direction this profession is going to go in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 What else you got, guys? Anything for me? Um... Ask away. This is your freebie. I want to ask a question about like, I don't know how to word it, but you know, like when someone commits suicide and you have to tell their parents, Mm -hmm. like what was the saddest one that you've had to deal with? Mm -hmm. I've had several, um, a lot of them are out of state, which means um, they'll commit suicide out of my jurisdiction, but their parents live in the jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. The ones that really get me are not so much the suicides, but they are the drug overdoses um, because they're so frequent now. Yeah, The sad ones are when you go to the person's house and it's a beautiful home. Mm-hmm. Parents... You go inside, they got pictures all over the place of their loved one. They've got graduation pictures. They got tassels. They got, and these kids are into sports and all this other stuff. And it is never an easy way. 
You know, there's never an easy way for you to turn around and go, hey, um, I don't know how to tell you this. That's just pretty much how I do it, which is I really don't know how to tell you this. But, you know, your son or your daughter is no longer with us. And they usually go, well, what does that mean? And you're like, um, earlier today, they uh, they overdosed. And then you be you you need to be a human at that point. You can't be a you know a ro- robotic cop. You can't be like well, at sixteen forty five we received a phone call and yeah you can't do that because uh, I wouldn't want somebody to knock on the door and do that for me. Yeah. You know, um, I try and especially with moms, I try and sit like on the couch or something and hold their hand mm-hmm. and talk to them. Yeah. Um, cause moms take it the hardest. They do. They do. And then the dads, I, I usually take them outside with me and say, you know, this, you're going to have to be strong for your wife. And, you know, I give them my card. Typically what I'll do is I'll follow up mm-hmm. the following like week mm-hmm. and I'll try and stay in touch with them. A couple of families I still stay in touch with. Mm-hmm. I still try and, you know, talk to them. Um, and sometimes you become kind of their adoptive like child, like, your replacement for them because you're with them through the darkest time. Yeah. Um, you know, you remember when Clara passed away, that was kind of what happened with yeah. her parents, you know, um, that was a real, real tough time. It was not, that was, that was tough for all of us, tough for all of us. Yeah. Uh, but you got to be there for them. You got to put yourself above everything else. You got to take care of your, your team, your family. Um, you know, um, but you just got to talk from the heart. You can't be robotic. Absolutely. So, but suicides are the worst. I mean, I've gone on so many different suicides and then I find like, you know, you'll find a suicide letter and you'll read oh, it God. and you're just like, this did not need to happen. This does not need to happen. The, which, what you're feeling is a temporary problem and you're making it a permanent solution and cops are the same exact way that's why we're losing so many cops because depression and stuff like that so you know good question who's the youngest that you've seen commit suicide Mm, i think a 10 year old was the youngest yeah wow bullying bullying yeah cyber bullying that's horrible cyber and school bullying I don't understand why bullying exists. Well, it's because your generation doesn't stand up for each other. Your generation has got to get to the point where you guys rally around the person being bullied and um, stand up for them. Stand up for them. Well, the problem with this generation is that people will just accuse it of being freedom of speech. Yeah. Well, it's not. No, I know it's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. So, um, I got a fan question that just came in, but I think I asked this. Would you date or marry a first responder? Yeah. Emmy? Sure. Why? Because mm, then, then they can mm. protect me. That's your reason? <laughs> wow. And they're cool. They're cool. That's really your reason. And I would get to go on to work with them. No, you wouldn't. I would love to be like in mommy's position. Yeah. I would love to be like mommy, but mommy's also a sheriff's deputy. So, yeah. Yeah. Except, yeah, I'm yeah. not going into that field. Okay. Yeah. All right. Did you guys have fun? Yes. Yes. Did you like this? Yeah, yes. let's do this again. Maybe we'll do this again? Yeah. All right. You guys did great. hope so. All right. All right, folks. I hope you enjoyed that uh, Corona filler episode. 
want you to check out rollcallroom.com. Uh, go on iTunes, leave a five-star review with a comment. Uh, helps us climb the charts. Uh, go on TagFink. That's our nonprofit. Go ahead and on there and donate. Email me at nick at rollcallroom.com, mike at rollcallroom.com. We now have a P.O. box for you to send stuff to. We love coffee. So if you want to send us some coffee so that we can stay awake, that's great. Uh, we've got some great shows coming up. Bree and her mom are going to be on the show again. We're going to do um, something a little bit different than Aftermath. We also have a wife uh, who is going to come on and talk to us about early warning signs and changes when you first come into law enforcement. Folks, take care of each other. And as always, take it easy. Certain things you just can't refuse She wanna ride me like a cruise And I'm not trying to lose Then you're left in the dust Unless I stuck by ya You're a sunflower I think your love would be too much Or you'd be left All right, fans, thanks so much for tuning in to another great episode of The Roll Call Room. I want to remind you that uh, we are on YouTube. Go on our YouTube channel and subscribe. We're also on Twitter at Roll Call Room. We're also on Facebook at Roll Call Room Podcast. We're also on Instagram. Uh, We're always asking for you guys to go on iTunes and rate us a five star with a comment. Um, Helps us climb the charts. Uh, Don't forget to check out bluehelp.org. If you're struggling out there um, and you need somebody to talk to, we highly recommend them. Don't forget about our nonprofit, um, tagfink.com. We got some great shows coming up soon. And uh, we love hearing from you guys. So please email us at nick at rollcallroom.com or mike at rollcallroom.com. And always take care of each other, look out for each other, and check on each other.